Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for being present with us this morning. Thank you for standing in the midst of us, Lord God, and we pray that you would, that you would call out to us and speak to us. Lord God, thank you. Thank you for being a God who wants to know us, for desiring to be in relationship with us, Lord, and for sending your Son, Jesus Christ, to us. We pray, Lord God, that you would speak this morning. Reveal yourself as present, as powerful, as loving, as gracious, Lord. And we pray that you would give me your words to speak to your people as well. Lord God, speak through me and speak through us in this world that we might carry out your word and share it with others. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. It's spectacular to see you all this morning. Well, a long, long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. Wait, that's not the right beginning. But a long time ago, uh, back when we only had one kid, right, back in the olden days, uh, we were out, we were living up in Washington State, and we went out on a church um, camping trip, car camping trip. And it was fun. We were all camped there in this area. And it was really easy with one kid. It was pretty phenomenal how much we could do. We put her in like a pack and play and she slept in the tent. It was awesome, right? We had such a great time. And, and one morning we got up and they were having a bird walking, like walk, bird, bird watching walk. That's what you're doing. They weren't teaching us how to walk like birds. They were teaching us how to identify them. Yeah. And so... Um, so we were going around and there was this guy in our group who could tell, uh, identify birds just by their call, just by the sounds they made, the little chitters, the chatters, the trills, the tweets, the songs, right? He could hear it. And it wasn't like each bird was really taking their turn, right? It wasn't just one bird making one noise and then there would be a pause and then some other bird would make their noise. No, they were all, it was like a cacophony of sound. Birds making all kinds of noises and calling over each other and, I mean, trying to drown each other out. And this guy could hear those noises and be like, oh, that's a such and such, and that's a such, and that's a chicken, right? Um, you know, he could, he could hear and identify all those things just by their noise, even in the midst of all that noise all around. It was amazing. I couldn't believe it. Now, I said that we had only one child with us. Well, that child, Lena, was in like a backpack on my back. And so I was having a more difficult time identifying the bird noises because I had other noises going in my ear, right? She was laughing or jabbering or making little cooing noises and things. It was really sweet, right? I had her just right there. And I was listening to noises and learning how to identify her by those sounds, right? I was learning who she was. And it's still to this day, we do this with our kids, right? You can hear somebody sneeze in the house and you know who it is, right? You can hear somebody cough and you can tell, oh, that's Sarah or that's Clara. You can hear somebody call out for something. And even if you couldn't identify what they were saying just by their speech pattern or their inflection or the tone of their voice, you're like, oh, I know that's Ella. Right? Does that happen to you too? Right? It's amazing. The people we spend so much time around, we can identify their voice or their sound even in the midst of a crowd. Even in the midst of where we're surrounded by other noise. You can be walking through Disneyland and somebody can say, Dad, and you turn because you know it's your kid. 
Granted, I make plenty of mistakes. They'll say, Dad, and I'll turn and it's some other kid. I'm like, well, you know, better safe than sorry, too. Right? It's amazing our ability to hear those things. And uh, as long as a football game is not on, right? It's amazing how much you can hear. Somewhere in my brain, there's a switch that if the Steelers are playing, I can't hear anything else in the house. But their voice. The sound of a voice, the sound of a voice you know, it's amazing how you can identify who that person is. And we have a story like that in our Old Testament passage for today. It's uh, Samuel, and he's a young boy, and he has been given to the Lord by his mother. And a little backstory on that I'll give you here, because as you remember, she had been barren and was given this son by God. By the grace of God, he had caused her to um, finally be able to have a child when for for so long she had tried and been unfruitful in that. But God had given her the ability to become pregnant. And as thanksgiving to God, she had given Samuel back to the service of the Lord when he came of age. And so that since that time, Samuel had been working in the temple with Eli, the priest. Now, Eli was an okay priest, but a terrible father terrible father, right? His sons were thieves and lecherous, and Eli turned a blind eye to their behavior. I mean, and they did this right in front of him, and people kept saying, complaining to him, saying, Eli, take care of your sons, and he did nothing, nothing. And they were doing it in the temple, right? Thieving and extorting and horrible things. And he did nothing about these kids. And so here is Samuel, this sweet young boy ministering under Eli, a proven terrible father, right? It's really an interesting kind of relationship. Now, in terms of our passage, it says that the word of the Lord was scarce at that time, and the Lord was not, and not many visions were, were happening, right? God was not really doing anything exciting in the lives of his ministers in Israel at that point. Maybe it's because... They weren't listening. Maybe it's because they weren't paying attention. Maybe it's because they had other things they should have been focusing on and they weren't. We're not really sure. But we're told that not much was happening. And so one night, Eli's laying down in his room and Samuel is laying down in the temple and Samuel hears his name. He hears Samuel, Samuel. And so what does he do? Gets up and runs runs to who? Eli. Eli, Why? Is the only other person there. Eli's sons are probably out partying, right? So it's just Samuel and Eli there. And so Samuel runs and goes to Eli to go and see what he called him for. And he says, here I am, for you called me. And Eli looks at him and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't call you. Go back to bed. Again, the same thing happens. Samuel, Samuel, and Eli, and Samuel jumps up and runs to Eli and says, here I am for you called me. And Eli again tells him, I did not call my son. Lie down again. Wasn't me. Wasn't me. And now we get a little information. Right after that second call event, we get a little more story around what's going on. It says that Samuel did not know the Lord. What does that mean? Yeah. Eli was a lousy teacher too. Yeah. That'd be part of on the job training, you think, for a priest, right? 
Like, let's work on knowing the Lord. Yeah, Samuel didn't know him. Didn't know him. I'm sure he knew of him, right? Because that's the whole ministry he was involved in. But it sounds like there wasn't that intimate relationship with God. Samuel just didn't really know God personally. And it says after that, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. God's word hadn't been revealed to him. Uh, Perhaps this is the spoken word of God or the recorded word of God in the scriptures. We're not entirely sure in this passage. But Samuel is just lacking that depth of relationship and understanding, which would give him the clarity to know when God called that it was God himself. And so Samuel is there serving in this temple, seeking to serve the Lord, but doesn't know how to identify God's voice when he speaks in the night to him. And despite all this lack of knowing, despite all this uncertainty about things, we do know one thing from this account thus far. And that while Samuel and Eli were both kind of muddled in their thinking, God knew Samuel's name. God knew him. And he wanted to be in relationship with Samuel. And he was not going to give up calling him until Samuel answered and knew him as well. So Samuel lies down again, and the same thing happens for the third time. And this time, Eli has his epiphany, right? He says, bong, a lamp goes out, because a light bulb's right, lamp goes off in his head, and he's like, ah, it's the Lord, it's the Lord. It says, then Eli perceived that the Lord was calling the boy. So he tells him, go, lie down, and if he calls you, you shall say, speak, Lord, For your servant is listening. And this time we get a little more detail around how this calling happens, how this speaking happens. It says, now the Lord came and stood there. Came and stood there. God was right there standing next to Samuel, calling to him. And presumably he had done that all the previous, the three times before, right? God was standing there next to Samuel and calling him. And he says, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel responded, speak, for your servant is listening. The message that the Lord gives to Samuel is not the message we would expect. It's not the one we necessarily would even want to receive, right? It's not, Samuel, I have great plans for you. You're going to anoint the king. You're going to um, do amazing things in your ministry. You will be blessed. I'll be with you the whole way. Trust in me and follow me. It'll all be good. And by the way, 7, 42, 18, 26, 54, with a Powerball number of, number of 7. <laughs> right? No, it's none of that stuff. Samuel gets none of that. Instead, what does he get? A message of judgment about Eli and his sons. A message of judgment. At that point, I'm sure Samuel was like, well, I wish you'd been listening, Eli, so I didn't have to get this message for you. But that was the way God spoke to Eli was through this young boy, Samuel. Samuel's life, as opposed to Eli's, is going to take a very different path. 
Because he becomes the priest and the prophet that the nation of Israel had been longing for. He becomes someone who listened to God, responded to the Lord, and was faithful. Our passage says, as Samuel grew up, the Lord was with him and let none of his words fall to the ground. What does that mean? Let none of his words fall to the ground. He did everything God said. said. Yeah. And what else? People heard him too, right? When he spoke too, people listened. His words weren't just like words and words and words that people just didn't receive. But his words were fruitful too. It's amazing. And all Israel from Dan to Beersheba knew that Samuel was a trustworthy prophet of the Lord. They knew he was trustworthy. Because he did what a prophet's supposed to do. Which is listen to God, receive the word of God, and then pass it on. And that's what he did. And we saw that in his first thing, that he passed on that horrible prophecy to Eli. He was willing to even say the hard things when God led him to. All this took place. All this incredible ministry of Samuel and the fruitfulness of his life took place because a failed father and at times an inattentive priest taught him how to identify the voice of God. This is two weeks in a row we've had great biblical examples of people who have been largely failures, or wretched, either way, um, leading others to God. We had it with Herod last week when he told the Magi how to find Jesus, and we have it this week with Eli teaching Samuel how to listen to God. And this is good news. Why is this good news? Good answer. Good answer because you and I are those people too, right? You and I are those people maybe hard in our heart, maybe not listening or paying attention. Right? We are those people. But God is a God of grace and he uses broken people to carry out his perfect will. Now it's much better if you have a choice in the matter to be someone like Samuel versus someone like Eli, right? To be aligned in your heart with the purposes of God, to be seeking to serve him and to be a vessel for his work in this world. That's the way we want to live. That's what we yearn for, right? To be effective. To have our words not just be words, but have them be words that really touch people. Words that show love, that show mercy. Speak for justice, right? For healing and redemption. Words that lift up Christ and lift up others. That's what we want and yearn for in our lives. And God did that in Samuel. And one of the tools to being effective in in our ministry for God is learning how to identify God's voice. And how do we do that? How do we identify God's voice? Well, I think there's like two main classifications of how to do it. One is the easiest way, and I think that's through a guide, right? Someone to help us to know what God sounds like. Someone who's mature in the faith, who has a vibrant relationship with God, and who can teach us what it, what it sounds like when God speaks. How does he reveal himself? How does he speak? How does that line up with the scriptures? And how is God speaking to you in your life right now? It's like that person, that guide on the bird watching trip, or the hike, right? Someone who can hear the voice of one bird through the cries of many. Because often that's what it takes to identify God's voice is sifting through all the 
all the cacophony, all the noise and clutter in our lives and hearing the voice of God, identifying it. The other way, and these are not mutually exclusive ways either, the other way to learn is a little more difficult because it's through time. It's through time with God. Like carrying around my daughter on my back, over time, over years and years of relationship, we learned the way each of us speak. We learn speech patterns. We learn um, the diction that we have, our vocabulary. We learn all those things, the noises we make, so that when she makes a noise, even I, I can understand who she is and what's going on and respond to it. The same thing happens in our relationship with God. Through invested time with Him, through prayer, through study of Scripture, through times of contemplation and meditation to the Lord, we can hear His voice. We can begin to allow those other things in life to, to fall away and to hear God speak to us and to receive His guidance. The church, we're here to be an assistance on this journey. We're here to help each other, to help each other to learn to hear God and to respond to his voice. Today, today, do we know what the voice of the Lord sounds like? Do you know what the voice of the Lord sounds like? Have you heard him speaking to you? The Lord is present here today. He's promised us that in his scripture, that he is present with us when we're gathered in his name. And he is here. And he is speaking. Do you hear him? Do you hear him? Let's pray. Lord God, thank you for being a God who speaks. A God who does not want to stay stay secret from us, Lord, and to stay hidden. But you're a God who desires to be known. You sent your Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, to us to reveal yourself fully to us. You took on our flesh so that we could see you, so that we could interact with you, so that we could know you. And now you've given us your Holy Spirit so that you can be with us always in leading us into all truth. We pray, Lord God, that you would reveal yourself to us, speak to us, that you would provide guides for us to help us in our journey to hear you, to respond to you. And Lord God, help us as well to be active in the lives of others, helping them to know your voice and to respond to you. Lord God, help us to be people who not only hear your voice, but who do what you call us to do. We confess to you that we fall short, that we sin, that we fail, that we are wretched people, Lord, and we ask for your mercy and your forgiveness. Set us free from the bondage of sin and lead us into life. Speak, Lord, for your servants are listening. In Jesus' name, amen.